Welcome to the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast, covering agriculture and all things related in East Carroll, Madison, Tinsall, Concordia, and Catahoula Parishes. Welcome, everybody. we got a new season, Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. This is season two, episode one, I think. Yes. So we're getting started. we got the whole crew back. Kylie's back at work, you know, having, she had a little girl. Yeah, Alan and I guess they're sleeping all night and doing all that kind of things, you know. You know, all all the sleeps are been good, so so rested. Okay, well, if you say so. Got a little bit of a glow to her I hadn't seen before. <laughs> oh yeah, she's she's real happy, you know. Those under eye circles. <laughs> <laughs> she's um, she she's real happy. I don't know whether she's happy to have a have a baby or be back at work. I'm not real sure which one's the most, you know. Well, it could be a little of both. She's happy to have the baby, but she's glad to be back at work to get away from it for a little while. <laughs> well, that's probably true, you know. It's probably, uh-huh. That works both ways. A little a little quiet time at daycare doesn't hurt. So. It doesn't hurt. It sure doesn't. Yeah. I, I will agree with that. So, uh, you know. So, but anyway, we got a new, a new season here. We're going to talk. Uh, I'm in, well, I'm in Vidae with Kylie. We're down here. Ariel's up in, he's up in Madison today. Um, we're going to talk about a little bit of things. We got up. Kylie's got a real good interview with C, Dr. C. Brown and Dr. Josh Copes about green bridges and cover crops and burn down and all kind of little stuff like that. We got starting up. We've had burn down going out down here. What about you, Ariel? You got burn down up there? Oh, yeah. We've been burning down on and off between rain showers for the last two weeks or more. Uh, of course, with the rain we've gotten today, and uh, I don't know how much of it may get washed away. Yeah. Well, well, Tinsall's about like that. They're burning down every time the sun shines and comes out. What about what about Concordia, Kylie? You everywhere they can get it in, the planes are flying or somebody's spraying something. So yeah, it's been hit and miss with the weather, but and the wind. The wind's been terrible, but mm-hmm. whatever you can get out, get out. Yeah, well, it's that time of year, yep. you know, and we're running up on, today is, what is today? Today's the... February 10th. February, February 10th. 10th. You know, everybody, you know, in about five days, everybody's going to get real anxious about wanting to plant corn. Oh, yeah. Uh, yesterday afternoon, I was riding around with the grandkids and seen planters hooked up and ready to go. And, you know, the ground was drying really good. I'd say if we hadn't got this rain this week, they'd be planting this weekend. Yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah, you got one man. Go ahead. Well, you got one man up there. I feel certain that he'd been planting. I know. <laughs> yeah. Golly, I'm sure Will would have been real, real. You'd have had a hard time keeping him from planting. He would love to be, yeah. Uh, but that five inches in the forecast this week, I saw on Channel 8, that, that tends to – Tends to shy away from it, though. <laughs> I believe yeah. we've got the five inches here already today. Wow. Huh. I don't think we've had that much. No, Maybe. I wouldn't say we've had that. No more. Well, I looked yeah. at. I looked on my phone uh, a while ago, a few minutes ago. Rainfall or precipitation since midnight mm-hmm. was between two and a half and three inches over Madison Parish. Ooh. And my wife done. just called me and told me I needed to go the long way home. Yeah. Because the roads is flooded between here and the house. 
Huh. Well, we haven't had near about that much. And that's in Lake Providence. So, and that looks according to the radar, they may have got a little more than we have down here. Yeah. Well, we got our, the river, the Mississippi River's knocking yeah. at the door again. Yeah. We, yeah. What is it, 50, 51 feet at Natchez, I think around 51 feet? It's in the 50s for sure. It's, yeah. it's high. It's high. You know, and, and we got a long time till, till June. Well, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but everybody I'm talking to says be prepared for another spring like last year with the river. Well, that's what I'm afraid of. You know, well, I'm here. I tweeted out, I guess, two or three weeks ago, I tweeted a picture behind the Concordia office. I was looking up at the towboat. Again? You know, again. So It's yeah. wild. It feels really weird when you're standing there and you, and you look up at the river. It's kind of, yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> it's not a, good, not a good thing. But um, So we got, we've had a lot of interesting over the winter, you know. Uh, we had the digital ad conference meeting. That went off real well. I thought that went well. We, some people learned some stuff. Uh, several other meetings. The tri-state was good. You went to the tri-state, didn't you, Ariel? No. Uh, no, you were supposed to go. You didn't yeah. go. Yeah. Family, family issues topped that one. Yeah. Well, it, that happens, but uh, we've had some pretty good – I know the – We've had some pretty good ones. We were both at Cotton and Rice meeting in Memphis last week. Talking. Yeah, that was really good. I really enjoyed that meeting this year. Yeah. It, uh, it's been pretty good. Uh, so, anyway, what else you got going on, Kylie? You didn't, well, you haven't been back to work that long, but you, you went to the livestock show. Yeah, we, we showed some pigs and some cows and, you know, did that. And we had the crops for them last week. Um, thought that was pretty good. Had a big turnout for that. Um, and yeah, that pretty much sums up my, my two weeks back. <laughs> oh, well, well, you got back in time for the livestock show. I had to be back, had to be back for that. Couldn't let Mr. Keith down on that. So, well, we got, and we got two new, uh, we got a new soil scientist, uh, out of Winsboro, Brazel Parvez. He's a new soil scientist based out of Winsboro. And we got, uh, David Mosley, new soybean specialist. He's going to be based out of Alexandria, Dean Lake. So we're getting populated again, and uh, hopefully we'll we'll get a new entomologist maybe sometime later this spring. So we'll we'll be uh, on board forever, and maybe have a full slate. So would be nice to have some help for a change. Agreed. Yeah. So, uh, but. Uh, Anyway, anybody got anything else to comment on, or we're going to go and listen to uh, uh, Kylie talk to Josh and see? I don't know. Why don't we go ahead and mention it here, Dennis? I just thought of this about far as the, uh, the new requirements for these burned-down herbicides. You know, your, your paraquat training, they got to have a certificate to, to buy, handle, load, apply paraquat, gramoxone products. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, they, you know, in addition to their private applicator's license, they got to have that specific training that can be done online at uh, paraquattraining.com. Also, they have to have either in-person or uh, online training from BASF on the uh, dicamba technology products. You know, your uh, 
shoot, just draw a blank on all four of them's name. Uh, Doc Campbell. <laughs> Doc Campbell product. And, and we got, got that, what was it, can... in lifts now. They're not required to have any special training on it this year. Yeah. Uh, it's recommended, I think, to recommended, do the online. Highly recommended, but it is not yeah. mandatory on the enlist only. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, make sure you get out there and, and get the proper certificates and 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 uh, licensing. I'm telling folks, there's no go ahead and get everybody that's handling chemicals a private applicator's license and be sure you're covered. Right. That would be the best. Uh, the next Dicamba training, uh, there'll be one in Faraday on February the 11th. Um, and that's at 10 o'clock at the community center. And then there's another one February 18th. And that's the last one I have written here. Um, but it's also, it's going to be at 1 p.m. at the uh, evacuation center in Ellen. Hey, Kylie, you don't happen to have um, the private pesticide recertification meetings handy, do you? I do. Let's see. We want to remind everybody if you haven't gotten your, if your pesticide license expires March 31st and you haven't been to a meeting, they're fast running out. So, a reminder everyone flip the back of their card over and see what year your card expires. If it expires this year um, and you're from our region, um, there's only going to be one more meeting and that's going to be at Caldwell Parish on March 12th. Um, there's other meetings around the state um, that you can go to, but that's going to be the closest one for the Northeast region. Uh, if you want to look up um, meetings and locations and times, you can go to the Department of Ag website. Um, you can search their pesticide page. They have a little, I guess, page there that you can click on meetings, upcoming meetings, and it'll have them all listed there. You can just download that form and Pick out one and show up. So, Golly, they don't have one tomorrow in Oak Grove. Uh, yes, they do. I didn't see that one, so okay. yeah, I don't have that one highlighted because that one's pretty far from me. You're yeah. right. right. Uh, West Carroll, one, but I wasn't sure either. That's it. West Carroll at the Lingo Center. Um, that one's gonna be tomorrow at nine o'clock to eleven. Yeah. Okay. Yep, I forgot about that one. Jason's got one in Union, um, and that's going to be the February the 20th, and I think it's a morning one and an, a night one. Yeah. All right. Well, good deal. Well, everybody just be sure and check your card because you don't want to take the test. No. No. Kylie, <laughs> uh, you got anything horticulture to, to share with us? Uh, nothing coming up right out. Um, let me look. No. Um, nothing coming up. Um, I know local 4-H clubs in the area are selling strawberries. So if you'd like mm -hmm. a lot of strawberries, I know um, we're selling them here in Concordia. Catahoula will be selling strawberries. Tinsall, you are selling strawberries. Yeah. Um, I don't know yeah, about we're selling. You are selling. So if yep. you'd like a flat of strawberries and want to help out the 4-Hers, get in touch with us. We can put you on a list. And then WPS, I'd like to talk about that. If anybody needs WPS training, um, you know, we're available, um, but there's also a train the trainer. I know that Kim's doing one in Winsboro. Um, I think it's March 19th, and I don't remember if it's the morning or the evening, if I can look it up real quick. Uh, I think she sent that out in the email. 
but she's going to do a train the trainer. But now, when you say WPS, you're talking about farm handler training for farm, that's farm correct. employees. And that, that's required every year. It's yeah. required yearly, isn't it? Yearly, yeah. So that's what used to be the green card that everyone used to get. Um, that's that's what we're talking about. Yeah, okay. Just to make sure everybody, sometimes it gets confusing, you know. But uh, yeah, we're going to have to have one. We'll have to have one in Tensile, I don't know, next week, I guess. Well, I've done two this year so far and had excess of 60 people at both of them. Yeah. It's, so I think we had 20 at those two locations last year, so we're up to 60 now. So yeah. the word's getting out. We still hadn't got them all. I'll be honest. We hadn't got them all, but, no, but you get, we're getting yeah. there. I think at St. Joe last year I had 75 at one meeting. Yeah. Standing room only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You find that thing? You find it, Kyle? I see a train workers' protection standard train the trainer. Uh, it's going to be March nineteenth at two o'clock at the Macon Ridge Research Station, which is the Scott Center in Winsboro. So, if anybody needs um, more information on that, uh, reach out. We'll shoot you an email with all the things you need to be prepared for before you get there. And uh, but Kim will get you trained up. That way, you could do those WPS trainings on your own um, because. Correct me if I'm wrong, they need to be trained like before they start the job, essentially. Before they go to the field. Yeah. So yeah. it's a lot more convenient if you're able to do that yourself quickly than it is for us. Wait on us to get out there and mm -hmm. work it with our schedules too. So it's a good meeting to go. It, it's not hard. It's not hard. So mm -hmm. I recommend going to do that if you can. All right. Well, good. Now we've got everybody safely pesticide and sun trained and we got all our requirements out of the way. I guess we really need to talk about, listen, listen to Kylie talk to Josh and Steve about actually making a crop, don't you think? <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right. All right. All right. Welcome to the first episode of 2020 of the Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast. Um, I'm your host, Kylie Miller, and I'm joined via Zoom with Dr. C. Brown and Dr. Josh Copes. Uh, how are y'all today? Doing well, thank you. All right, so today's topic for discussion is going to be the Green Bridge. Um, C., would you mind explaining what the Green Bridge is? All right, so the Green Bridge is going to basically be a bridge from fall to spring, and so typically what we like to recommend, at least as pest management professionals, is you break the green bridge. So you wanna kill the any vegetation that's gonna bridge you from the fall to the spring. And so uh, if you've got cover crops or whatever, you know, different field weeds that are hanging around, you know, you wanna break that, what we say, break the green bridge so you can essentially force any insects off that may have overwintered on that vegetation material in the field before you plant your cash crop. Okay. Um, what are some of the primary insects we need to be um, looking for, or I guess talking about with everyone, and, and also to branch off on that too, Josh, what are the weeds that those insects would be living on at that time? Uh, so your primary insects, at least starting in corn, um, you're gonna be looking at southern corn rootworm, uh, which is going to be essentially cucumber beetle or as the adult, as the adult. And then 
Uh, Southern corn rootworm are attracted to, you know, henbit, a lot of dense green cover. They're going to lay eggs. And then what your, what your primary concern is with those is the, the immature larvae that are in the ground. Uh, wireworms are another one. Uh, Sugarcane beetle. Uh, those are going to be the ones that we see, you know, potentially going to cause the biggest issues below ground. Along with uh, uh, above ground, you're looking at stink bugs and potentially cut worms as well. Hang on, guys. See, yeah. Okay, when are these insects colonizing these the green bridge? When would you say most insect pests will become abundant? Are they overwintering there, and then the green bridge that allows them to survive, or so in close to bloom, or some favorable plant stage of the host crop? So a lot of them are potentially going to come in typically, I and mean, they show up in the fall. Like wire worms are going to be there. Essentially, they're going to be there on corn stubble. Like if you've got, you know, we're you know, we're still until a lot of, in a lot of parts of the state, you've got corn stubble, cob, stalk, whatever's still on the ground. Actually, you know, you'll have wire worms more or less hang out there uh, throughout the winter and then they'll come in feeding on corn, you know, as you plant it in the ground. So that's one Southern corn rootworm. Um, they can come in typically in the spring uh, a lot of times they may come in and lay eggs, sometimes in the fall, depending on temperature. And so, um, you know, it really kind of just depends on the pest. Like cutworm's going to come in, the moth will fly in in the spring, deposit eggs in dense, you know, dense crop. And uh, the eggs, the larvae will actually be there, you know, waiting on you. So it really just kind of depends on the insects sometimes. Sugarcane beetle are going to, they're going to come out in the spring. So when we have a warm up, sugarcane beetle are going to emerge typically out of pastures, and they're going to move straight into corn. So just uh, hard to say depending on the insect, but a lot of the normal ones we face, like wireworms, may may have been there through the winter, and a southern corn rootworm may have been there through the winter. If we have a very warm winter, they could potentially come in. You may see some egg lay, you know, in the early in early winter, early spring, and then you'll have some issues there. But a lot of them overwinter in the soil. So. Would you say wireworms are more of an issue in continuous corn then versus a rotation? Yes, wireworms. Typically, where I've seen pest issues uh, with wireworms, they're much a much worse issue in corn, constant corn, where guys don't rotate away. So, especially in minimum till, reduced till fields, where we're not doing much, you know, early any tillage. Uh, yeah, wireworm issues can be very severe very quickly. And really in your lighter textured soils too. So if you get in a real heavy clay, I haven't, heard, I haven't seen as many, got as many claws, but if you're in like a silt loam to a sand, uh, you're gonna have, you can have some very serious worms. So. Did you say our BT in these corn hybrids that we're typically planting, are they controlling cut worms or is there a need to spray? So the only ones, the only BT that's really effective on cut worms is VIP. So that's the one we've got some of our double pro and some of our other ones have marginal efficacy. The only one that is very good is going to be any corn with the VIP technology, which I don't recommend guys plant anyway. So, um, you know, you're going to get some suppression out of some of the older BT technologies, but 
you know, you're still, you could have one worm potentially chew down five or six plants before he finally intakes enough BT to kill him. Sometimes it's more. So it's, you know, it, it's very cost. Pyrethroids are very cost effective. They're easy to kill. So and you don't have to use a very high rate either. You can use a medium low rate on cutworms and it still kills them very well. And Kyle, I guess I'm kind of just asking a few questions from my end and thought, but uh, with the, so what would be your, what is our defense against soil and above ground insects and corn if we are planting into the green grid? or if the green bridge is still there because of our environmental conditions, we haven't been able to terminate in a timely right. manner. Um, use a robust seed treatment. Most of our guys have gotten away from going in furrow. Very few guys run liquid in furrow or do have an in furrow spray. Even less guys run granules, uh, either in corn or cotton or soybeans. Uh, so the, you're really the only the really only widely available one for guys that have moved away from that is going to be using a good seed treatment. So typically if you're in that kind of scenario on corn, I would run Poncho 1250. If you're running that scenario on soybeans, I would probably also run Poncho or something very similar, you know, just a good quality seed treatment. Poncho seems to perform uh, not statistically the best, but numerically over time, Poncho does perform better in situations like that, at least for me, uh, in soybeans and in cotton, you need a full rate of gaucho, which is going to be uh, 0.375 milligrams AI per seed, and overtreated with acephate. Or if you don't want to go that route, you can use the Aris uh, seed, the Aris seed protectant, which is available in stonewall cotton. And so, if guys aren't getting stonewall cotton, you know, which a lot of our acres are delta pine or moving into phytogen, then you're going to want to get Imidacloprid overtreated with orthane on the seed. Okay, well, one of the questions um, that I have for y'all is what do you do if you're too late to eliminate the green bridge? It's kind of what um, Josh was just asking about then, you know, what would your options be at that point? From an uh, entomological perspective? Right, yes. So from below ground insects, so like southern and corn, like southern corn rootworm, wireworm, sugarcane beetle, there's really nothing you can do. There's no rescue treatments for those. Stink bugs, you can go over the top with a pyrethroid. Cutworms, you can go over the top with a pyrethroid. Um, soybeans, uh, you're looking at three-cornered alfalfa hopper. You can go over the top with a pyrethroid on that one. And then in cotton, you know, our biggest issue is going to be thrips. And so we've got a, you know, a few other options. You've got acephate, bidrin, uh, and intrepid edge. Are all are options that you can go over the top for thrips. Okay. What about slugs? I know that we've gotten that question before. Um, the slugs, there is a bait. It's um, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Uh, I can't think of the name of the bait off the top of my head, but Hamvac makes it, and I think it's roughly twenty to twenty-five dollars an acre. Mm -hmm. You can sling that out for slugs, but that's very very cost prohibitive. So the easiest way to do that is you, you can clean the top of your rows off. Um, if you've got row cleaner, sweep, something you can use to kind of, what you want to do is you want to create bare dirt. So around your plants, you want to have bare dirt, as much bare dirt as you can. And so 
Typically slugs are gonna hide underneath, let's say corn stubble. If you have very thick corn stubble on the top of the row and you just drop into it and plant, that gives slugs a protective hiding place away from the sun so they can crawl under, it's dark, it's moist, and they're gonna hang out under there until it cools off or is night and they're gonna come out and start feeding. The easiest way to do that is if you can clean the tops of your rows off and make them crawl across bare dirt to get to corn or cotton or soybeans. Uh, that's going to be the best way to stop slugs. Uh, as far as rescue treatments, um, I remember it's called deadline. Deadline is the slug bait. Uh, you don't want to have to resort to deadline because it's going to cost you an arm and a leg to do it. Okay. Um, what about increasing uh, seeding rates for corn or for in cover crops? I'm sorry. I'm going to let Josh answer that one. Yeah. Um, as far as stand establishment and some of the a lot of the studies that we've conducted here, there's, corn is pretty tolerant of terminating right up until planting. As far as stand established, there's not a lot of stand issues. On cotton and soybean, they tend to like as the most favorable conditions possible coming out of the ground to, you know, are you going to lose some stand in heavy residue situation? There's no doubt either insect damage or, you know, soil temperature. Mm -hmm. um, and really the last question I have is, and Steve, you touched on this at the crops forum the other day. I heard you uh, speak on it. You know, we had a wild, a mild winter this year. What's the outlook for red stink bugs look like this year? Uh, for red banded stink bugs, it's, uh, it's going to be, we're going to be a, a, a fighting an uphill battle, especially the further south you go. I think North Louisiana guys were kind of uh, insulated a little bit last year because we were still recovering from the 2017 winter that was so cold. Um, this will be two winters in a row, either two or three now, I guess two, two winters in a row that we've really had no winter. And so um, all bets are off. We sent a lot of um, red banded stink bug adults into overwintering. And so I think – they're going to be typically a lot of times how we'll see it is I'll see red bandits kind of migrate out of South Louisiana and move up north. Uh, a lot of times guys in South Louisiana will see them, you know, sometimes a month before guys, let's say north of I-20, will see them. Well, this year, depending on how many we sent in overwintering, which is hard to tell, uh, they could be very easily feeding on clover, other legumes on the roadsides next to their, their fields, and they could potentially be there ready to colonize as soon as the beans become ready. So, um, you know, we definitely, guys in South Louisiana are going to be, it's going to be a pretty, uh, pretty significant stink bug year. I think guys in North Louisiana, um, it's going to be heavier than it was last year. I don't know if they're going to carry us away, but they definitely need to be prepared to spray for red bandits, especially if they plant beans late. And if this fall is, or excuse me, the spring is holding like it is, you know, we're going to have trouble getting our corn in the ground, you know, so soybeans. Hopefully we'll be dried up by then, but hopefully it won't push everything too late. Well, guys, I think that's all the time we have for today, and I appreciate y'all calling in and talking with us today, and we'd love to have you again uh, for another episode another time. Well, thank y'all. Yeah. Thank you. Bye. All right. That was that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. That's uh, You get to two of them, and Kylie, you had two of them on the phone at the same time with you, and they were kind of going back and forth, seemed like. Yep, yep. That's always good to have them, too. They know what they're talking about. You wasn't in the room with them. You'd have to get between them. 
<laughs> they, uh, they're both good scientists and they know what they're doing. They know what they're talking about. But I got, I got a question for the three of us. Do All we right. need to, you're talking about red bandage, we're talking about the cover crops. Um, do we need to go out about the time they start planting corn, start sweeping some of these clover patches and maybe some of these cover crops, seeing what kind of bugs we find? I think it would be good, especially since I ain't found any cover crops yet. Well, we got a bunch. I go to the levee, though. You go to the levee. But, you yeah. know, I know Kylie and I swept a bunch of clover last spring looking for red bandits. Never did find any. Never never found, found. What did we find? I can't remember what we found. Something different. Something new. Yeah. Um, a lot of water. Yeah. Mud. Yeah. But uh, no red bandits. No red band when we expected to find a bunch, but uh, we'll. I, I would expect we're gonna have a real outbreak of them this year. Yeah, well, that's an that's an expensive outbreak too. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but uh, anyway, well, anything else we got to talk about? I don't know how long we've been going or what we've been doing, but I'm. We just seem like we're. Um, we could talk about the soil health workshop coming up. Um, just, oh yeah. Just to bring that up, um, y'all are doing a soil health workshop at St. Joe at the Northeast Research Station. Um, that's going to be from 8.30 to 4. Um, Dennis, I know you're on the committee on RL2 probably. What what are y'all going to be doing there? We're going to do, uh, there'll be some field tours. We'll look at, uh, James Hendricks got a bunch of cover crops. Uh, different ones planted some last fall. Some plant actually got some remnants of summer crops out there. Drill versus broadcast. <clears throat> he's got his regular, that long-term cover crop trial he's had. Um, I think they may talk, Josh Copes has a termination trial they may talk about. And then they'll come back in after lunch and they have some inside speakers that'll cover a variety of things about soil health and, uh, you know, sustainable agriculture, I think. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and we've, we've tried to collect some video across the winter, too, on the, uh, with the in conjunction with the Taylor Project yeah. cover crops. We've got to get that released, but we're working on it, trying yeah. to make sure we comply with all this ADA compliances and stuff. Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> it, uh, it's a loop. Well, see, Kylie was gone for couple months there you know and we just kind of lost our way you know you guys don't think i lost a whole bunch of weight or something <laughs> uh, you know kyle would have kept us on track and kept us going yeah well i laughed and told somebody i said when they were asking about our videos i said yeah you can we put kylie out there and said you had the two old men over here or the young pregnant lady so we put her out there and you can see her progression as we do, as we made videos you know we need to do another one where we can see the re the regression yeah <laughs> well, just what everybody wants to see, I'm sure, but, sure. but nonetheless, uh, yeah, whatever oh, it takes yeah. to get the job done. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was fun. Man, we'll make it, and I don't know, we, we're getting pretty, we're getting pretty handy with these videos. Hey, know? whenever uh, we got that fancy new camera, I can't wait to see that. All right, well, you'll get your opportunity, because I think we're going to try and live stream the, the Soil Health Conference, the inside speakers, maybe. Fine. So you know, we we need to send Kylie the, the 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 rough copy of the video anyway. 
I saw it. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, it was in. I saw it. Yeah, we'll uh, we gotta get it released, but uh, we're gonna make some more too. So, anyway, is that it? I think that's that's all the uh, level enough for today. Yeah. Well, good deal. Well, I guess we will. uh, We're back. We'll see here. See y'all, or see y'all next week. I guess. Hopefully, maybe have some dry weather reports. Maybe so. Have a little something. Maybe we'll go out and sweep a few clover patches. They start, everything's blooming. It's been so warm. There's bound to be something out there. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good deal. See y'all later. Bye. The Louisiana Delta Crop Podcast is produced by the LSU Ag Center Extension Service. For more information, visit the LSUAgCenter.com or contact your local extension office.